Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. We've been in a series uh, here called Christianity Plus, the Holy Spirit Upgrade. And so we have uh, been talking a, a series of messages talking about the Holy Spirit and how to live a Spirit-filled life. And you may be a believer in Jesus Christ. You've heard of Jesus uh, in one way or another, and you are a believer. But I want you to know that there's more to the Christian experience besides just uh, having that uh, first installment, as I said, in your faith where you believe in, in Jesus. I want you to know that Jesus said, I will send back uh, a comforter who will be, who's been with you, but now he will be in you. It's the Holy Spirit. And uh, so what does that look like to be living a spirit-filled life and, and, and all of that? So that's what these, these messages has been about. And you need the upgrade, just like you got basic television. This is the mindset where I come from is uh, why I titled it this way, is you got all these different, uh, you know, um, basic cable stations and that we've grown up with. Well, now you got, you can't get certain shows unless you get the upgrade, the plus package, right? And so we kind of carry that into the thinking of our faith. And there's certain breakthroughs and there's certain levels of peace and joy and boldness and power and victory and peace that many, even in the church world, do not have access to. They haven't accessed it yet. And I believe it's because they have not experienced the fullness. They haven't come into the fullness of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. And it's something that isn't reserved for Pentecost Sunday or for certain groups of people or denominations. It's for every single one of us. Peter stood up in Acts chapter 2 and said, this thing called the baptism in the Holy Spirit, this experience of the Spirit-filled life is for you, for your children, for your children's children, and for everybody who was afar off. It's for everybody. And so we've been explaining that. We've been teaching it. We've been breaking it down on how to receive the upgrade. And now I'm going to be turning the corner and start talking about how to live with the upgrade, how the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, or actually it's fruit of the Spirit. And how does that, how does a Spirit-filled person live everyday life going to work and how it affects your marriage, your singleness, your dating, your parenting, your, your, your integrity and character uh, in your career. It affects all of that and the whole New Testament opens that up. But today I want to pause and really kind of, um, in case people still haven't been getting what this whole upgrade has been about and maybe you come from a background and, you, and this is why it's so you know, uh, it can be complicated to talk about the Holy Spirit because we all view it with so many different lenses. You might have heard it or seen it from someone else in times past. And so, you know, we think the Holy Spirit is this way. And so today I, I, wanna, I want us to go to the book of Acts in chapter 8 and, um, and just kind of talk to you about a person. And the title of this message is Don't Miss It. Don't miss it. Tell the person next to you, don't miss it. Drop that in the chat if you're watching online. Those of you that are on Facebook or, or our YouTube channel, don't miss it. Because when the day of Pentecost happened on Pentecost Sunday, 50 days from Easter Sunday, that wonderful experience, we talked about it a few weeks ago, the power of the Holy Spirit came into the upper room and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I love to tell my Catholic friends that, you know, Mary was a Pentecostal tongue-talking Holy Ghost-filled woman. 
Yes. You may think Mary, and we see the pictures, and we, you know, you see candles lit to her, and she's just very mild-mannered, with a little flaming heart, you know, and you see these little pictures, but the Bible lists her by name in the upper room and says they were off. Mary was a tongue-talking Pentecostal. I bet your priest hasn't told you that. I mean, I love you, but I'm just being real with you today. And, and, and listen, if you're born again, it doesn't matter what label someone, it's not about that. When you get to heaven, you're not going to have these little sections in heaven. Do we understand that? And uh, that's what I love about the assemblies of God. We are not a denomination. We are a, a fellowship. In other words, we say, we believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. If you believe with that, come and join us. If not, let's sit down and talk about it. But that's what we are as a corporate fellowship. Amen? And uh, so somebody might need to hear that. Because, again, we compartmentalize ourselves when it comes to our theology. And you know what happens? You get stuck. You get stuck. Everybody else is getting blessed. Everybody else is getting filled with the Spirit. Everybody else is getting breakthroughs, but you're not. You're stuck. And everybody was getting filled with the Holy Spirit from, from the book of Acts in Acts chapter 2. You go through, and there are five times where people were filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit. And everybody was getting filled. The Samaritans were getting filled. Ephesians, Ephesus was getting filled. Acts chapter 19. I mean, it's all over the place. Everybody but one dude. One guy. And he's right here in Acts chapter 8. His name is Simon. I was going to say, don't do what Simon says. Or don't say what Simon says. I thought of different ways to, to, to talk about this and title this. But I'm just going to say, don't miss it. Because you may not have the same hang-ups as Simon has. But you got your own hang-ups. And the Lord would say to you, listen, it's for you. Don't miss it. Don't miss your opportunity. We're coming out of this pandemic. And the world is ripe for some people that can stand up and be a light and rise above all the tension and division and fear and everything else and say, hey, I got the answer. His name is Jesus Christ. But you got to have, have the upgrade to do that because if you don't, you're going to get stuck down here. You hear me? That's why Jesus said to the disciples, before you do anything... Because it's a crazy world out there. Rome is still oppressing you. Jesus rose from the dead, but guess what? If you're Jewish, you're still going to be under Roman oppression. And in order to work through and to reach and break out into different nationalities and break ethnic barriers and go to all over the world, you need the upgrade. Some people weren't ready for it, but others were. They embraced it. They went everywhere. And we come to Acts chapter 8. When there was this guy named Simon, so let me give you a little context today. Won't be too long today. If you're visiting, that means absolutely nothing. I'm just telling you that. I do want to give a shout out. We have a guest minister with us, uh, Jerry Miracle, and his wife Deanna, who's visiting with us today from Kentucky. And I just want to acknowledge him today. Won't you make him feel welcome? God bless you. Thank you. Wanted to give him that shout out, and it's awesome. Melinda and I sat in his uh, class at DWO. His uh, first ministry that I got signed up for was bus ministry, and uh, he was one of them leaders that didn't wait for you to come and sign up. He went looking for you, and he said, how you doing? I heard you got saved, Eddie. I'm so happy. Welcome to the body of Christ. I need you. I heard you got a CDL. I need you in bus ministry. <laughs> And uh, Melinda and I were just brand new baby Christians, and uh, Jerry and Deanna just took us in and loved us and, and taught uh, our new converts class, and, and uh, you really helped me in so many ways, brother. And uh, you're one of those guys. We get all emotional. 
You're one of those guys that I'm standing here today because you invested in our life. Okay? You never forget those people that have taken time and sown into your life and, and um, wouldn't be here today without you. Acts chapter 8, look at what happened in verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Why were they being scattered? Because persecution came down. Rome came down. Write this down. The enemy always attacks what God anoints. The enemy always attacks what God anoints. You get anointed, you begin to go after God, you start, you start looking at your wife and say, hey, we need to get involved in ministry. The enemy will attack what God anoints. He'll anoint what, whatever you start to give God. You start moving in finances and start helping God uh, financially, whatever. God begins to anoint it and you begin to get involved. The enemy will come. The Bible says when the Philistines heard that King David had been anointed, they went and attacked him. Uh, but don't be afraid of that. The Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper. That if you just keep your eyes on God, he's going to fight them battles. But you got to suit up and stand in faith. Boy, I'm preaching already. Did you get your pen out? You ain't even taking, ready for taking notes yet. And I'm already saying this. So persecution came, but it was a good thing because they spread out and went everywhere. Then Philip, everybody say Philip. You got to know who he is. He's an evangelist. He went down to the city of Samaria. Who's the Samaritans? You guys know that from River of Life. We, we talk about them all the time. They were the people that were not, uh, they didn't have good relationships with the Jewish people. It was a racial thing there. And, uh, and the Philip went down and he preached Christ to them. Look at that. Look at that. Why? Because he had the upgrade. Okay? And the multitudes with one accord he did the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles. People are not wanting to just hear the church. They're wanting to see the church. Hearing and seeing the miracles and hearing and seeing what he was doing. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame and healed. And there was a great joy in that city. What is that? Revival. Revival. Revival brings great joy. It's miracles. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful place. It's awesome when God does that. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city, and he astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man has the great power of God. See, they thought he had the power of God. It was a counterfeit. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they, the Samaritans, now please pay attention. This is where you need to really listen to this. They believed Philip, I underlined believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom in the name of the Lord Jesus, not John the Baptist. He was talking about Jesus Christ, okay? And the men and the women were also, what? Baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. Everybody seeing that? And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Now when the apostles, okay, let me just tell you, it takes a little break there. Philip then leaves. Philip came and preached about Jesus. He loves you, Samaritans. There's been racial tension in Jerusalem, but God, this is a new day. God is breaking down the walls and the barriers. Jesus died for you too, and I'm here to tell you about it. 
They were like, I love that message. And then he taught them about Jesus. They believed and they were water baptized. Were they saved? Write this down, Mark 16, 16. Jesus said, whoever believes and is baptized, you shall be saved. Are you with me? And then Philip leaves. Now when the apostles, that's the leadership of the first church, who were at Jerusalem, that's the mother church, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Well, why would they send two more heavyweights, as my dad says, down to these men? They, they got everything they need. People will tell you, you got everything you need when you say yes to Jesus, you know, and you do-ish. <laughs> why is Peter and John coming? We don't even need that in the scripture. But no, why did they come down? Who, when they had come down, verse 15, prayed for them that they might receive the what? I just want to make sure I'm reading out of the same Bible. That they might receive the Holy Spirit. I thought they already got the Holy Spirit. They did. They got the first installment. Peter and James is coming down. Peter and John coming down saying, you need the upgrade. <laughs> Am I helping some of you? Because some of you are like, pow. Some of you have been stuck. I just got you unstuck right there. This is only one. There's four different stories I can take you to. One group of people, when Paul said, hey, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said this, what many of you say. I've never even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. It's not in a mean way. You just come from a different church experience and church background. And for some reason, the emphasis was Jesus, which absolutely it should always be. But you need to pay attention to what Jesus himself emphasized, and that was on the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? And so, okay, so they came down that they might receive the upgrade for as yet he, capital H-E. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not a goosebump. It's not a feeling. It's a person. He is a person. He had fallen upon none of them. They had only been, keyword baptized. Circle that in your Bible. Baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Baptized in the what? Water. They had only been baptized in water. You guys with me, class? We went right in the teaching mode. Did you catch that? This is important. I don't have any handouts today. Because before we get going... It's so important that we understand what we believe. And some reason, sometimes people don't receive the upgrade because they simply don't understand it. It's been confused. It's, it's been one of, and then one of them churches, our, many pastors are like, you know what? It's so com I believe in it, but it's so confusing. I'm not even going to talk about it. And there's where a lot of churches in America are today, and they miss out. And the people that sit under those ministries are missing out on the very thing that Jesus said, you need to be rejoicing that I'm going to heaven because I'm sending back another advocate, another comforter who will be with you and will empower you and will fill you and will give you the power and the authority to live this Christian life. So he said, they, they've only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, which is water. Watch this. So then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. They received a baptism in the Holy Spirit. They had the chocolate in the bottom of the milk when Philip came down. Those, so if you're visiting, you have no idea. Oh, this guy really likes his chocolate milk. 
Go back and watch the service called First Installment. You get the Holy Spirit the moment you say yes to Jesus. Philip came down and said, hey, Jesus loves you. He put chocolate in their milk. Now, Peter's coming down to show him how to stir it up. You don't get more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets more of you. That's exactly the best way theologically I can explain to you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Living a spirit-filled life is when you don't look like the white milk, you look like the chocolate milk because you're constantly stirred. And life happens and it settles down to the bottom. Guess what? You got to stir it back up, Paul told Timothy. Are you with me, class? That's all Peter's doing. Peter says, man, before you Samaritans begin to breach out from the, underneath this umbrella of segregation, you better have the upgrade because you're going to get all in the flesh and fight the wrong battles and be frustrated and be so disappointed because you're fighting in the flesh. I need to teach you how to walk in the fight and to live in the spirit. So he laid hands on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, and he offered them money. Now, I've got to back up for a little theological teaching since we're in class here. And some may say, hey, I thought the evidence was praying in tongues because praying in tongues shows up at all the other times when people were filled with the Holy Spirit and sometimes prophecy. But tongues seems to be the evidence, as I explained to you last week, and it doesn't mention it here. And people sometimes would go, aha, and I tell them, Use your common sense here. Something must have happened for Simon to speak up and to say, hey, I want to buy this ability to do this. If I walked up to somebody and I said, hey, you want the Holy Spirit? You want to get filled with the Holy Spirit? And they go, yeah. And I go, okay. Receive the Holy Spirit. And they go, whew, thank you. Would you go, whoa! That came from another planet, man. You would be like, oh, what was that? Okay, it was a little weird. But if you see somebody just over, listen, how many know God's given us a brain, common sense? When you, when you go through Bible school and then they'll teach you that Luke, at this point, already knew that it was common knowledge what would come and be associated with spirit-filled baptism. That's why he didn't specifically put it in here, that they talked in tongues or prophesied. But Simon saw something. Let me tell you what he saw. He saw Peter lay hands on them Samaritans, and they begin to just, under the power of the Holy Spirit, he began to come over to them, and they begin to get filled with the Holy Spirit, just like you did, and begin to pray in another language. Somebody even fell in the Holy Spirit. And Simon was like, whoa, I've been a around witchcraft my whole life. I've been around all these different kinds of magic arts and why I've never seen something so powerful like this. That's why he said, man, I want some of this. And when you get the real thing, other people will be saying, I don't know what you got, but I want what you got. Are you with me? So Peter, Simon said, hey, uh, give me this power. You need to understand that part right there. Give me the power. Notice he said the power. Also, that anyone whom I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But he caught Peter. How many know Peter can bring it right sometime? <laughs> but Peter said, brother, oh, you're so mis... <laughs> I don't have time to do this. I got to get into it. <laughs> Peter said, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this manner. For your heart is not right in the sight of God. But he believed and was baptized. But now his heart still ain't right. Matter of fact, he says, repent that your wickedness and pray of God 
pray, God, that if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Bound, he believes and was baptized, but the brother is still bound with unforgiveness and bitterness in his heart. Are you seeing this today? He falls down and he says to Peter, you pray for me. He actually says that, you pray for me, Peter. Simon then is never mentioned again in the Bible. Church history says that Simon went on to develop his own belief where he became a heretic. He began to teach that he had Christ, but he didn't have Christ, and he confused people, and, and it's really he shows up in all kinds of different ways in, negative, in a negative light. My point is this, Simon missed it. Simon missed it. I just want to point something out to you that many people in the church world today can miss the whole point of why the Holy Spirit wants to be so involved in every area of your life and how that happens and what that whole thing is all about. So this is what I want to show you. This is why I brought out. He missed it. Out of everybody else in the Bible, they got it. But Simon missed it. The big thing that he missed is you notice he said, I want to also have the power so that I can lay hands. I want the position. I want the accolades. I want what you have. Notice he didn't say, I want the Holy Spirit, his presence for myself because I got some unforgiveness in my life. Isn't it amazing how people today can focus more on what's going on in your life than what's going on in their own heart? He didn't say that. He didn't say, hey, Peter, pray for me, man. I got some issues. No, no, no. He was like, give me some of that power. And this is what many people do with the upgrade. They focus more on the power and not on the presence of the Holy Spirit. There is a difference between the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit. There is a totally, completely different uh, experience and a different work that the Holy Spirit does. There is the power and then there is the presence. Let me show you, let me tell you this. His power reveals what he can do. His presence reveals who he is. Catch this, catch this. When God brought Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, God said to Moses, okay, before we bless them to the promised land, before they go and they experience the blessed life, God said to Moses, you need to bring them to the mountain. Bring them to the mountain so I can introduce myself to them. I want to give them the Ten Commandments. I want to show them that there's a whole lifestyle to live with the upgrade. There's a whole life to live as a follower of God. They saw the nine plagues of Egypt. They saw the power. They saw God's right arm. Now he was saying, I want you to see my face. They get all the way to the mountain. And this is the scripture that God gave me for 2021. It just so happens to be Exodus 2021. And this is what I preached on Vision Sunday. Let me just reiterate this today. When they finally come out of bondage and they get to the mountain, they're getting ready to meet God. The Bible says that they, people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the darkness where God was. And I told you that that scripture means that, number one, God is on the other side of the darkness. He's on the other side of the darkness, and you just got to press through those seasons. We went through a rough season in 2020, and it like spilled over into this year. But I'm telling you what, if you learn to press through the dark seasons, press through the dark seasons, God is on the other side. 
And then the main point was, and the second thing is that not everybody went. They watched Moses go. And I told you as pastor of this church, and this is the message God gave me for this season, that we are all to follow and go after God. We all are to be like the early church and not like Simon. We all are to go and follow after God. It seems like that's the message God is giving to the church. As I look around and hear other pastors and preachers, you know the same Sunday I kicked off the series, actually the Holy Spirit kicked off the series of the upgrade. Remember that service? And you can go back and watch it. There was someone telling me there was another pastor, Mike Todd, just kicked off his series on the Holy Spirit, and he called it Upgrade. So yeah, me and Mike are kind of friends, you know what I'm saying? He called me and was like, hey, Pastor Eddie, what you preaching about in Velvet? I said, I got this great idea called the Upgrade on the Holy Spirit. We need to get back into the Holy Spirit. We need to go deep in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to call it the Upgrade. He goes, I'm going to call it too. I have no idea what he's been preaching. I, just, I, don't, I think he's a great man of God, but... Uh, John Brevere relaunched his book on the Holy Spirit. Other preachers, it seems like that's the, that's the message God is calling his people to listen. Knock off the division and all your disagreements. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Seek me. Jesus said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And that's the message that we need to do. Moses, he, used the, he was used with the power of God more than any other person in the Bible. But he wasn't hooked on the power of God. He was hooked on the presence of God. Look what he said. He said, before I go into this new season, if your presence doesn't go with me, do not bring us up from here. He said, not your power, your presence. I need your presence in my life. I need your presence more than anything. You can have an, a spiritual experience in your life. You can have God do something mighty in your life. That's the power of God. He, he, can, he can move situations around and, get, and you get a good job. He can get you out of trouble. He can get you. I mean, he has done, how many would say, I, I know God has really done something great in my life. At one time, every hand here and everybody watching ought to say, that is the power of God. There are certain situations that God will sometimes wait until it gets so bad. So that it can only be him. And when he does it, you will say, it is only God that can do that. that that's the, that's the pop. But here's the thing I've seen in church. Been serving the Lord. It'll be 24 years this November. People can't have those experiences with the power of God. But they go right back to living their own lives. They can have Holy Ghost services. Fall in the Holy Spirit. They can, they can have a healing. I've watched people get healed and, and breakthroughs, but they end up going right back to the patterns of the world. Why? Because that's the power, but not the presence. Are you with me? God did that in my own life. He got me out of so much trouble in my life. I would pray. I would get serious when things really got bad, and he would work a miracle, and I would get out of it. But I could not live for him. Why? Because I didn't have the presence in me. I was like Simon. I was drawn to the power, the breakthroughs, the benefits. Jesus was like an app on my phone. When I needed him, I'd open him. But when you get the upgrade, he's not an app. He's the operating service. Everything you do, every thought you think, everything you're constantly trying and having the Holy Spirit to help you realign with him. 
It's not an app we open on Sunday. He is the operating system. Let me show you this. In John, when they came to arrest Jesus Christ, the Bible says Jesus was praying all night, and he asked the soldiers, whom they, who are you seeking? Watch this. And they answered, and they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, was also standing with the soldiers. Now when Jesus had said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus said to them again, who are you seeking? They answered and they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Then the troops and the officers of, Jew, of, of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound his hands. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is praying all night. You talk about being filled with the power of, of God. He is the presence of God. He's praying all night, great drops of sweat. I mean, he's just interceding. These soldiers come in to arrest him. He goes, who are you looking for? They said, we're looking for Jesus. He said, I am he. And power went out from him in such a powerful way that they fell to the ground. Look it up in the Greek. They didn't trip over a root. I looked it up. And it says they were slain. They were pushed. What was happening? That was the same power that the woman with the issue of blood felt when she touched the hem of his garment. Everybody say power. power. Isn't it amazing though? Jesus, they get back up and Jesus goes, okay, what, what you going to do now? You just experienced the power. You just experienced, I mean, you got some goosebumps on Sunday. What you going to do now? And they go, oh, we're going to keep doing what we've always been doing. And they bound the hands of Jesus. I wonder how many times we have a Holy Ghost shake-up service, this church or another church or revival, you go to conference, to conference, to conference, to conference, and you feel goosebumps, but you go right back to living a life, and Jesus' hands are bound in your life. Am I getting it, Tomas? What I'm saying, you're experiencing the power. Glad you're here, Danny. Your son tore it up today, didn't he? Where we experience the power, but not the presence. And Jesus, when he looked at him, I know he said, are you still want to follow through? If I was one of them troops that just experienced that, I would have been like, hey, I don't know what this was. I don't know what this was. It wasn't like the Pharisees and their little boxes they wear. I don't know what they're all about, but this was real. And Jesus, I'm dropping my sword. I'm dropping my spear. I want to hear more of your teaching. I want to go deeper with you. Judas, I never liked him anyway. Jesus, I want you. But how many times have we just felt the goosebumps and go right back to, right back to that website? Right back to that issue. I'm trying to help us get free today. You're not going to get free. How many times does the shackles have to come off before we go put them back on? We're going to make a difference and arise. You want me to be a real pastor? What I'm, I'm, this is what I'm doing. I'm equipping us so we're not playing patty cake. But we got to have victory. And the only way we're going to have victory is if we get the presence of God into our every area of our life. That's how I'm, I'm standing in front of you today, clean and sober, for 24 years. Amen. In and out of the legal system. And I don't mind. Someone said the other day, I love when you share your story because you don't forget where you came from. I don't. I don't forget where I came from. I never wanted to do this. 
Nothing, nothing wrong with going to seminary and, and living for God and God using you all, your whole life. I think that's awesome. I think my younger brother has a powerful, more powerful testimony than me. He's a testimony of God's faithfulness. I represent the hard-headed group of us that had to learn life the hard way. And still, I was the Simon. Well, I just want you to bless me. And then I'll serve you. But what made the difference in my life is I remember the day, November the 5th, 1997, I said, Jesus, come into my life. And here's the difference, write it down. The power of God can touch your life, but the presence of God transforms your life. Everybody can feel the power of God. You can be an atheist and feel. Everybody Jesus healed, by the way, were not saved. <laughs> they were unsaved people. No one was born again. They were unsaved. We think they were lining up in prayer lines at church and been fasting for three days. They were not. They were living, and a lot of them were Samaritans, which also worshiped different gods. But yet Jesus would heal them. And he would change their life. Many of them never came back, but many of them, many of them did. There's a story in Luke 17 about the ten lepers starting to close. I'm, I'm coming closer to the airport. Luke 17 records this story about the ten lepers. You ever hear that story? Jesus is coming in and lepers were people who had lepers, leprosy. It's still a flesh-eating disease, but it was very predominant in the ancient world. If you got leprosy, you were to leave your family. At that moment, you were diagnosed. You could not go back home. It was super contagious. You were isolated. You lived in a colony. It was horrible if you got leprosy. And so you could only be around lepers. And if you came into the city, which you weren't allowed to, but if you did anyway, you had to say, beware, I'm a leper, I'm a leper. You had to give warning to people. So they would go, whoa. You couldn't wear a mask on that one. Jesus walked into town and 10 of them came up and said, Jesus, I know you can heal me. Are you willing to heal me? And Jesus touched them and healed them, healed their skin. Power of God, supernatural miracle. God just, it's gone. Baby skin. Woo! Something you can't get at, what's that store? Anyway. They, and here's the thing. The Bible says they, listen, this is Luke 17. They all 10 just took off running. Woo, we can go back to our families, and rightfully so. You go back to our families, go back to my life, go back to my job, man. Woo, look at my skin. This is amazing. They all took off. But the Bible says in Luke 17, only one of them came back. Amen. Only one of them came back and said, Jesus, I just want to say I don't deserve to be cleansed. I don't deserve, I should have died, man. But you found it in your heart and you had compassion on me. I don't want just your power, I want your presence. I want your presence. I don't want to just read a scripture once a Sunday and hear a Christian song. And I want to live with you and be with you and be one of these disciples. I, I want to think about things that you want me to think about. I want to change my family. They're lost and they're going to hell. They're going to die and go to hell. 
Because they don't know you, Jesus, and you didn't cleanse my skin for me to go show off. You cleansed me to be a testimony, but I need you more than just a little feeling. Be a part of my life. Jesus said, wasn't there ten of you? Where's the other nine? He looked at the one and he said, because you returned back to me, and you didn't seek just my power, but my presence, your faith has saved you. The rest of them just got a little better. He got made completely whole. Do you want to just be better? Do you want Jesus to just make you feel a little better? Or do you want to be made whole? Power or presence? The upgrade is not just something we can say, I got it on my phone. The upgrade is not just something I can say, I got. The upgrade is a part of your life, every area of your life, when he affects every area of your life. So how do you do it? How do you get this upgrade? How did he miss it? Simon missed it. Verse 21, Simon, Peter's, uh, Peter looked at Simon and he says, your heart is not right. This is why we miss it a lot of times. Our heart's not right. Our heart's just not right, man. You know, every time somebody wanted the upgrade, every time somebody wanted the upgrade in the New Testament, they asked Peter that question, how do we get the upgrade? How do we get this Holy Spirit? And every single time Peter and the, the apostles said this, in Acts 2, here's one of them. The people asked, what shall we do? In Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remissions of sin. And you will receive the upgrade. Repent. Now he said baptism because baptism was a whole nother discussion. That if you got water baptized in a person's name, that meant you were a follower of that rabbi. People were baptized in John's name and all of that. That's why he specifically said be you should be baptized in Jesus' name. But it's not a, if you were baptized as a Christian, follower of Jesus Christ, and you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which that's what Jesus himself said to do, it means you are saved. Not because you were water baptized. You were saved because your faith is in Jesus Christ, period. Let me just give you that little caveat. In fact, in Acts chapter 10, you'll read people receiving the Holy Spirit before they were water baptized. So water baptism seems to be some baggage that some denominations do try to put on people. And I actually had an argument with a guy over in Israel. We were baptizing in the River Jordan. Baptizing where Jesus was baptized. This may help somebody because it's not in my notes. We haven't had many classes because of COVID, so here's one right here on water baptism real quick. Are you ready? We're baptizing people in the River Jordan. That's where Jesus was. And I was asked, what name do you baptize in? And I said, the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they said, please baptize me in Jesus' name. I said, so you really think that if I don't say the name Jesus when I baptize you as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to go to heaven and Peter, which is not at the gate either, another crazy myth, you get to heaven and God's going to say, oh, you can't come in. I'm not making fun of that because that's messed up a lot of people, but I just want you to use some common sense here. People have been shipwrecked in their faith because of these erroneous teachings in these churches that have got people so upside down, they don't even understand. It, you mean God's not going to let you into heaven because the preacher didn't say the name of Jesus? No, Jesus himself said, go and baptize 
and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just thought you might need to know that. You may be watching and you've never had someone tell you that. Doesn't mean you've got to go get rebaptized now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, neither. You're saved. The thief on the cross didn't even get to see water. It's trying to help us today. Somebody say truth. That's all. But you need to repent. That's in every, every single way of receiving the upgrade is repentance, man. Again, in Acts 2.19, they said, Peter, what must we do? Another group of people. He said, repent and be converted. That means change, man. Change the way you think. Like a convertible transforms. It converts to a totally different car. Your mind needs to convert. How do you do that? Repent. Change your way of thinking. You live for yourself and you have this in your life and you're all about you, you, and this, this. Repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me of that way of thinking. Come into my life. I'll repent. I'm going to live for you now. And then times of refreshing will come from the what? Presence. 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 Presence of the Lord. This is so good, I'm going to go back and watch this myself. <laughs> and so Simon looked at Peter, and what did Peter tell him? In verse 22, Peter said the same thing. Simon, you need to repent. You need to repent. You need to repent. You need to repent. Ask God to forgive you, man, of this stuff. Get right with God. It's so sad, but he didn't. He left that church, went to another church, and said, man, that preacher over there wanted me to repent, said, I still got a problem. I ain't got no problem. And he left. How many times have we forfeit the work of God because we just won't let God do what he wants to do in our life, really do what he wants to do? Not, not being perfect. No one is perfect. But he's looking for people that makes him a priority. You hear me? He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for priority. God, you're number one. And I'm going to repent of my sin, the way I live my life. And we're going to really get into this in the weeks to come on how to live with the upgrade. Holiness, what does that really mean? It's an attitude of the heart. It's not about wearing long dresses and I don't wear dresses, but I said, got to say that today. People are, holiness is a thing of the heart. And we think, you know, we get the Holy Spirit, we can just keep doing what we're doing, and holiness doesn't apply in 2021. No, 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 no. His name is Holy Spirit. The other day I was making me some breakfast, and I thought, I opened the fridge, and I saw bacon on a piece of, on a package. I was like, hey, bacon. Winner. I pulled the package out, and it said, turkey bacon. <laughs> it's Bacon. Turkey. Many people want spirit. They don't want the holy. I want the love spirit. So I can still do what I want to do, get turned up on Friday. Man, I'm talking about spirit. Spirit of grace. Ah, yeah, spirit of grace. Ah, spirit of grace. Grace. What? What? I, I, wanna, I want this grace spirit so I can still being sexually active and I'm not married and I'm not living my life like that. I, I want to still be able to lie and steal and cheat and live my life and still have the upgrade. Come on, Pastor Eddie, tell me about God's grace. What do you want me to say, Simon? 
What do you want me to say, Simon? And once you realize, I was going to say that turkey bacon ain't that bad. You may like it. But I realize some of you, the Holy Spirit's already saying, I've been telling you this for weeks. I've been telling you at home for months. You fell back into some areas during COVID where the Holy Spirit is ready to not condemn you. And if you're feeling a certain way, that's not condemnation, that's conviction. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm here to help. I'm going to grab you by your arms and pull you back out of that darkness, baby. Pull you back over here into the light so you can experience the refreshing of the Lord from the presence of God. Come on, give him some praise today if you need the presence of the Lord. Come on, stand with me today. Stand with me today. I'm going to close it down. I'm going to close it down. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. What am I trying to say here today? I'm trying to say that God wants to be more. The upgrade is, is so much more than just a limited experience. He wants to be a part of every day of our life. He wants to clean us up. He wants to clean us up from the inside out. And I know the struggle is real. The temptations are real. That's why you need the upgrade. You see how it all comes back to it? How do you overcome sexual sin? How do you overcome substance when it's tempting me and dragging me on and pulling me? And I know how it is to live that life. I lived it for years. But I also know how it is to have this power and ability in your life to overcome it and then begin to change your desires from the inside out. He just begins to change you from the inside out. You still want the upgrade? Simon didn't. The rich young ruler didn't. Pilate didn't. Herod didn't. The Sanhedrin didn't. The Pharisees didn't. But everybody else, woman at the well, she done been in five relationships, but she said, man, I'll take some of that living water any day of the week. Because this well doesn't satisfy me. Pastor Reddy, that, that other stuff don't satisfy me. You're right. But I need a change in my life. I don't know how to do it. You need the upgrade. You need the upgrade today. Come on, let's close our eyes and bow our heads right now. Holy Spirit, you are already working in lives of so many here. So many watching. So many what you're doing, God, right now. So many people. And there's so many different things you're doing right now, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So I'm going to do. You need to accept Jesus Christ into your life and be born again. Then, amen, you do that right now. You ask God to forgive you of your sins. Right in your seat, right at home, just say, God, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I have sinned. I'm sorry. Come into my life. Make me new. From this day forward, I'm going to follow you. It's just a decision to choose him with all of your heart. That's what being saved and how you get the first installment. If you're already saved and, man, you, you have that first installment, like Simon believed and was baptized. People argue all the time whether or not he was saved. Scripture says he believed and he was a former sorcerer. He previously practiced sorcery. So he did come out of the sorcery, but his heart wasn't all the way right. He didn't let God come in any deeper. He didn't let God get into that area. Don't miss it today. Don't miss this message. 
If that's you today, and say, Pastor Eddie, I may be saved. I'm on my way to heaven, but man, there's a whole lot of areas I'm not letting God in. But that comes down today. Today, I'm surrendering everything to God. I'm surrendering. I'm coming out of this right now in Jesus' name. If that's you, just lift your hands to the Lord right now. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. If you're at home and says, that's it. I know I'm saved. Not a salvation issue. But I'm coming out of it all the way. Repenting. Some things I've let back into my life. I want that upgrade more than I want this. Just lift those hands right now. If you're at home, if you're here right now, come on and go after God. Just go after God as we worship this one song. Come on, just go after God right there. If you want to come out of your seat, you can. If you want to come in the front, you can. If you stay in your seat, that's okay too. But right now, just go after God. We're going to sing this one more worship song and just let God just do what he does. Let God do what he does in your heart. Come on. Let him in. Let him in. Come on, let him. Jesus. Come on. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.